Welcome to the Your Oxygen Mask First podcast. I'm Erin Young, and this is a space where we explore ways to help the helpers. Because you can't help anyone before you help yourself. So sit back, put your own oxygen mask on, and enjoy the ride. And thank you for joining us. I am here with V Carpenter, and she's the owner of True Rest Float Spa in Chico, California. And today we're going to be talking about sensory deprivation and float tanks, which is super interesting. Um, not a whole lot of people know about it. I think that it is really, really beneficial for people who are helpers and first responders, public safety, to do something like this to take care of themselves. So welcome to the show, V. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Karen. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. So tell, mm-hmm. tell us about yourself and the business. So I came upon floating just a couple years ago, and I've always actually just considered myself a stay-home mom, um, volunteered at the kids' school, and they pretty much kept me busy for years and years and years. But now that they're all kind of growing up and moving out, I figured I needed something else to do to keep me busy. So I first found out about floating Probably three or four years ago, a friend had posted something about a float tank and said, try it out. It's a great experience, you know, yada, yada. And it took me about a year before I actually tried it. But it was December. It was Christmas break. The kids were all home from school. And I thought, hey, let's all go try this thing called floating. And my younger ones were like, mom, it's December. Where are we going to go float? So (laughs) they... They had no idea what I was talking about. My husband had no idea what I was talking about, but he was just going to go along for the ride. So I found a true rest float spot down in Roseville. It was about an hour and a half drive away. The whole family went and floated. And after that first experience, I told my husband, I asked him if we could get one and put it in our house (laughs) because it was that good. I just wanted to do it all the time. And I really just, um, I didn't really know all the benefits of floating at that time. I just really liked the rest and de-stressing and the peace and quiet that I got from it. So from there, I started researching all the different types of float tanks and float pods to see if there was actually one that we could put in our house. And I told the kids we were going to make one of their rooms a float room. So that's where that started. I The more I researched, the more I found out about all these benefits. And I looked around, and the closest one to us, was actually 45 minutes away. That was the one that my friend had posted on Facebook. So I thought, well, there's nothing up here in the North State, and I need something to do to keep me busy now. That's (laughs) So that's how the business came about. We found the franchise, talked to them, and they kind of guided us the whole process. So talk a little bit about sensory deprivation and floating and what it is. Floating or sensory deprivation was actually invented way back in in the 50s. It's not anything new. Uh, Dr. John C. Lilly, he wanted to study the states of human consciousness and to see if void of all external stimuli, what would the brain do? Would it still be awake? Would it still be thinking? You know, what does the human, how does the human brain function? So way back then he had subjects in vertical tanks wearing, you know, have you seen these, you know, the old style scuba, scuba gear with a big giant iron uh, helmets. Oh, wow. Hooked up to tubing. Yeah. So his experiments were done in vertical tanks and his subjects were kind of suspended in there wearing this uh, scuba gear. 
And he left his subjects in there for hours studying and listening to them to see what would happen to them if they're in complete darkness, complete silence, left alone for, I think, for days, actually. Um, and then in the 70s, he discovered, hey, people could just kind of lay and be more relaxed in in a tub full of salt water because you're more buoyant there. And that became a more natural way of floating and a little bit more comfortable for you know the subjects. So the first commercial tanks came out in the 70s and they kind of looked like just little boxes or coffins and they're dark and really simple. But that's what the first tanks were. Actually, those tanks are still kind of around. They still build them that way. But it kind of died out after during the 70s and 80s. There was, you know, tanks and centers popped up all over the place. And then in the 80s, it was I guess it was kind of a fad back then and it just kind of died out. More recently, I think probably in the early 2000s, it started coming back around again. And now in the industry, we like to not, we're trying to steer away from sensory deprivation or isolation tank because it has kind of a negative connotation. Um, and our our name of our business, the REST part, is actually an acronym that stands for Restricted Environmental Stimulus Therapy. But REST sounds a little bit nicer. Basically, it's a tank full of warm salt water that you float in. And what Dr. Lilly found was when you're deprived of all the external stimuli, it's enhanced and you, you'll notice every little thing. I, I think because we're so plugged in, we're always busy, always on the go, we don't even realize how much stimulation we're getting. And so when it's completely dark, completely silent, your brain can actually focus on other things that you never even noticed before, like your heart beating or your breath. Float tanks now are filled with Epsom salt, which is magnesium sulfate. Mm -hmm. And it takes about 800 to 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt, if you can imagine how much that is, um, and in about 10 or 11 inches of water. So it just depends on the size of the tank, how much salt you're putting in there. But we put enough salt in there, and magnesium sulfate isn't actually a salt, but that's what it's called. <laughs> it's That's actually a mineral compound. But we put enough magnesium sulfate in there so that it raises the specific gravity of the water, of the solution, so that the solution is actually more dense than the human body. And that's how we are able to just float without trying in there. That's crazy. So a person could weigh, you know, 300 pounds and they could still float, right? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, everybody floats. Actually, I'm getting ready. I want to do a little video thing because, you know, people are, you know, people say all the time, oh, I can never float. I think I I wouldn't be able to float. But I think we're going to do a video and float a bowling ball and show everyone that even a bowling ball will float in our in our pod. But yeah, because the human body is about uh, specific gravity of a, just below one, I think. So with a specific gravity of 1.26 to 1.3, with all that Epsom salt in there, we just kind of float on top of the water. And Epsom salts are supposed to be really good for you, for your body anyway, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't heard of taking Epsom salt baths for like achy muscles and stuff? That's like the ultimate Epsom salt bath. You go work out and then you go float, right? Yeah. It's like an Epsom salt bath on steroids is what I tell people. Awesome. <laughs> the other thing though with with float tanks it's not that just that you can float in there I mean the floating it makes you feel weightless but 
the temperature of the water is kept at about skin temperature. It's about 94, 95 degrees. And because it's skin temperature, it's not hot like a bathtub or, or a hot tub. Because it's skin temperature, once you're in there and still, it's really hard to tell where the water ends and where you begin. Mm-hmm. So for me, sometimes it's hard to feel my body in there. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a head <laughs> floating in there. It's really hard to tell where your body is unless you you know, purposely wiggle your, your fingers and toes. You kind of feel like you're just floating in nothing. Mm-hmm. Like outer space. Yeah. That's outer space. Yeah. People say they're floating in space. Um, But at the same time, and a lot of people tell me this, at the same time, they feel like they're being supported. There's no pressure points on the body because you're in water, but they still feel like they're being supported. I guess if you've never experienced something like that, it's hard to describe to somebody what it would feel like. We're just going to trust you on it. Yeah, you just have to try it yourself. And everyone's experience is a little bit different. I mean, my family, five of us went in and floated, and all of us came out with a different experience. As far as mental health, physical health, and um, particularly to people who spend their lives helping other people, like first responders, I know you have a family Mm -hmm. member who is in law enforcement. How does being in a sensory deprivation tank and maybe doing it frequently, how does it help? Well, it helps both mentally and physically. I mean, physically, it'll help because of all the magnesium in there. Epsom salts. Are you you're you're in? Um, are you a dispatcher? Or are you in medical? I can't dispatch I can't for remember. police and fire. Dis- oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So I don't know if you know, but they use magnesium in hospitals for cardiac patients because it helps reduce blood pressure. So mm-hmm. it's like one of the first things people are given when they come into the ER. Magnesium helps to relax the muscles and joints, as we all know, you know, from taking Epsom salt baths. It helps sleep. There's a sleep aid called Natural Calm that helps people sleep. It helps to calm you and it helps you sleep. So physically, it's got all those benefits because there's so much Epsom salt in there. And then mentally, because you've removed removed all this external distractions, your mind can finally rest. I mean, you're your mind is never able to rest during the day. And then you've got, because of the Epsom salt, again, because it's weightless, you feel there's no pressure points on the body. So it takes all the, that physical pain away just because there's no pressure points on the body. So it allows your body to kind of decompress. And I'm, so that's how it helps. I mean, that, it, that's helpful for everyone, not just first responders, but just pretty much everyone, a busy mom, you know, stressed out teachers, stressed out business people. There was actually a study done back in the 90s. They, they studied people after they had floated, I think, three or four times, and they took blood samples, and it actually showed that it reduces the stress hormone um, cortisol. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. So it slows your heart rate. It actually slows respiration also. It lowers your cortisol, so your body is not in this slight fight state anymore. It's totally relaxed. It's chill. And people need to chill more. (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree. It seems like it's a big, like a big reset button for your body. Exactly. Yeah. For your body and and for your mind. And so people, first responders, especially, I don't know if there's any higher stress job out there. I mean, we could all argue that our jobs are stressful, but for first responders, I think the, the PTSD that a lot of them suffer from all the things that they're exposed to. You think of a lot of people don't think of PTSD um, as something that, you know, 
normal, regular people suffer from. And you just think about the veterans suffering from PTSD. But I think suicide rates are just as high for first responders, especially after retirement, as they are for the military. Mm-hmm. So if there is a way to, you know, let them get some stress relief and mental stress relief and physical relief without the drugs, without, without drugs, without alcohol, you know, why not try it? Yeah, I've stalked your Facebook for your company. And I do see that you have some veterans and first responders come in and I love it. I wish more people we would do. take advantage of it. So I'm glad that you're able to speak to that. Yeah, there's actually a lot in the industry that offer free floats for veterans and first responders. Uh, there's uh, and then there's even a website. It's called weightlesswarrior.org is a website where you can go and there's a search function and you can search for a float spa where, anywhere and find ones that offer free floats for veterans. That's awesome. And I'll go ahead and post that link with all of the other resources too. So tell us about the process, because I know it can be scary for people who are walking into something completely new and they have absolutely no clue what they're doing. So what does it look like from beginning to end? From beginning to end. So you're going to schedule an appointment. Just about every center runs on a schedule. We run ours on every hour and a half, and it's a one-hour float. So you can schedule online or by phone, either way. But when you first come in, you're going to fill out a waiver. Everyone has to fill out a waiver, and you're floating in a tub of water. And, of course, there's always a risk for drowning. So there's a waiver that you fill out. And then most everyone, what we do is we give an orientation. And a lot of places will give a video orientation. Ours is about a seven-minute video. It kind of... Tells you a little bit of history, what to expect your first time, and you know just the whole overall process. And then we take you on a little tour, show you how to use the controls in the pod. You know, the, we tell you about the pre pre float shower. We ask everyone to shower ahead of time. Show you how to use the earplugs. Kind of explain the the whole you know sanitation process is actually part of the orientation. Basically, what you're going to do is take a shower beforehand, so that you are as clean as you can possibly be before you get in because we want our water as clean as possible for every person. So you're going to shower first. And then after you shower, you're going to step into the pod and float for an hour and just relax. And then after your shower, you rinse off again because you want to get all that salt off of you and you're done. It's, it's really simple. It's like an, it's really an hour of doing nothing for yourself. But I think the biggest obstacle is for people that well, there's a couple obstacles. People will either say that they're too claustrophobic and they can't do it. And other people will say, I don't know if I can be with myself by myself with my thoughts for an hour. And I think actually that's probably the, the harder thing to get over is, you know, being with your own thoughts for an hour for a lot of people. So we've taken away, as far as the claustrophobia, we've taken away some of those things that would make you feel claustrophobic. We have lights in there. We do anyway. We have a light in there that you have an option of keeping on or off. The lid doesn't come down on you and lock. You're in control of that lid. You can leave it open. You can close it all the way. You can just leave it cracked a little bit if you want. And our pods are actually really roomy. I, I'm short, so I can actually stand up in there without, you know, without hitting the top. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, most, I mean, you could sit up in there and reach up and pretty for, you know, a lot of people, you could still extend your arms overhead and still have room. So a lot of the people that come in saying that they're claustrophobic are actually able to leave the light on and close the lid and be fine. And then other people will leave the lid open, but 
able to close the light and they're fine. I think once they know that they're in control of the experience, they can get out whenever they want, then those feelings of claustrophobia kind of go away. So the other thing, though, with, you know, being alone with yourself, I'm like, well, how do you go to sleep at night? Because aren't you alone with yourself when you're sleeping? That's a really good point. (laughs) So, you know, it's, but people do have a hard time shutting their mind off. So this is kind of, this is like a practice. It's like meditation. Meditation doesn't just, you know, you just don't try it once and all of a sudden you're a pro and can do it. It takes a little bit of practice. It takes some time. My husband, a police officer, he has a really hard time shutting off his brain. And I think it took him like three or four times before he could relax enough in the pod to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. But once he was able to finally shut his mind off, now he says an hour float isn't enough and it wants to be in there a little bit longer. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a process. And the first float is always, for people who've never, you know, uh, who've never done it before, it's kind of just a getting to figuring it all out. It's something completely new. So you got to get comfortable in there. And sometimes it takes a few tries. No, I totally agree. I've done it once. And I had those same excuses that you lined out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm claustrophobic. Oh, well, this is actually very roomy. So now you have no excuse. Mm -hmm. And then I can't be by myself because I find, you know, when we are alone with our mind, you know, we're reaching mm-hmm. for our cell phones and keeping ourselves occupied or going online on our computer. Right. Like, we're not allowing ourselves to unplug and actually be alone with our own thoughts because I think people think right. that that's too scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm surprised how many people think that way. But, you know, we're talking about the first responders and people with PTSD. I understand now a little bit better than before why it's so hard, because if you've got PTSD, Thoughts are always flooding your mind, and some of these thoughts you don't want in there. I have one member who comes in, and and she's talked about triggers. Um, People with PTSD have things that trigger them and set them off. And she said in the float pod, she never gets triggered. But if she's walking in certain stores, certain places, she'll get triggered. But in the float pod, she has not been triggered once. But when thoughts do come into into her mind, she can actually calmly process them. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, when we first opened, and we've been open less than a year, when we first opened, the stuff that people, people would tell me after their first float, I'm like, whoa, that's like, that's like really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm, I'm actually amazed. People will come out and say, yeah, I couldn't move my shoulder when I went in there. But as she's telling me this, she's raising her shoulder over her head. We have one member who I actually found him on Instagram and he had written this post about how much pain he was in. He was in a car accident, almost died. He was in a work accident. He law enforcement. He was in a work accident, busted his ankle, hit his head on the cement and he's on pain meds, constant pain meds. And he's still in constant pain. And so I reached out to him. I said, hey, we just opened this place in town. Come out and give us a try. I know it sounds totally crazy, but just give us a try. So he actually came in and floated, sat and talked for a while and kind of told me his story. And then that night I was going to reach out to him to see how he felt. Well, he reached out to me and said that the next day, actually that night, he forgot to take his meds. No way. And he didn't take, he forgot to take his meds. His He, he was to the point where he gave his medications to his wife to lock up in the safe so that he wouldn't self-medicate. 
and he would have her give him his dosages when it was time. And she laid him out for him that evening, and he never took it. The next day, it was almost, it was about 24 hours when he finally did take his first dose the next day. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So from having to, you know, having to give somebody else your meds so you're not overdosing yourself to forgetting about it for 24 hours, that's, that's big. And now he says that he still takes meds, but because of insurance and, you know, the, all that pain management stuff, his dosages have been cut back. But he said now that when he takes them, he feels like he's actually getting benefit from them, whereas mm-hmm. before he felt like he couldn't stay on top of it. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to say it's like this magic cure or mm-hmm. anything, but for some people, it's pretty amazing, you know, the the benefits they feel. We have um, people with fibromyalgia and chronic pain come in and tell us that they feel better for days afterwards, especially Mm -hmm. the fibromyalgia sufferers. I've had one lady said she felt good for like a whole week. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Can you float too much? Is there a limit? Ah, that was a question the other day. Actually, somebody came in and said, can you float too much? I would float every day if I could. <laughs> you can't float too much. Okay. Other than it takes away from like the rest of your life. <laughs> if you're in the tank all the time. No, you can't float too much. Yeah, somebody would come find you. <laughs> they would miss you. Where's mama? Yeah, She's in yeah. the tank again. <laughs> oh, well, shoot. They're all growing up and doing their own thing. So yeah. <laughs> they probably won't miss me just as much as they used to. At least they know um, where to find you, though, if they can't find you. You're exactly. in the tank. Yeah, where's mom? Ah, she's in the tank again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is there any other closing thoughts or anything else you want to tell us about float therapy or first responders? Well, I guess if you've not tried it before, you just have to try to experience it yourself and again you're not you're in control of the situation so if you feel like you need to get out early and you can't you just can't do it then you're free to get out early but try going in there with an open mind and you know try not to be have too high of an expectation of what's going to happen just kind of let it be and the first time I floated I figured okay I have no idea what this is going to be like I don't know if I'm going to fall asleep or actually be able to relax in here, but let's just let my body do what it wants to do. And I think my first float was actually one of my best floats. Oh, wow. Because I, because I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. I just figured I'm just going to try this out and see what, you know, see what happens. So um, that was one of my best floats. Some of my subsequent floats where I was expecting as good a float as my first one weren't as good because mm-hmm. I was expecting too much. So, yeah, just go in there with an open mind. And each each time you go in there, it may be a different experience. Kind of let the experience guide you. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time to adjust and become familiar and, um, you know, really get comfortable in there for some people. And like I said, it takes it's a practice. It's, you know, something that you just kind of have to do a few times to get the hang of. And if my yeah. listeners wanted to find you, where can we find you on the interwebs? We are at www.truerest dot com t-r-u-e-r-e-s-t slash chico okay but we have locations all over the u.s so you can search different locations depending on where you are and i'll post a link for the the notes and on our resource page too on the website great well thank you so much v for joining us and i appreciate all the amazing information on floating if you haven't tried it, it is definitely something worth trying once in a lifetime experience and if you love it you can keep doing it because it's best for your mind, it's great for your body, 
There's no nothing bad about floating. Thanks for having me, Erin. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And I hope that you found something that really resonates with you. I can't wait to share even more. So please subscribe to the podcast and you can find links to our resources in the description and at youroxygenmaskfirst.com.